0: In the summers, I used to do this little grouping of shows, wrestling shows, in northern Ontario. And when I say northern, I don't mean northern northern. I mean like three hours outside of Toronto, maybe. There was all this weird grouping of towns. If you live in Ontario and you've ever been to a cottage, they were near where... The Big Apple is. And if you've been to a cottage in Ontario, you know what I'm talking about. There's a giant apple. I guess it's part of an apple pie store. People stop and take a picture with the apple. Anyway, it's irrelevant. There's these little towns that, had I not wrestled there, I would have no other reason. One town was called Quint. I think another town was called Havelock. And there are even smaller and smaller towns that I've completely forgotten the names of. But one show, and it was like the biggest show every year, it was part of like their end of summer fall fair kind of thing. You know, they would like have wrestling and they would have uh, carnival rides and games, and they would every year you fry a different thing. It's like, oh, it's a Mars bar, and oh, it's a kumquat. That's, you know, what they would usually do. And. We would go do these shows, and the things about these shows, since they were part of fairs, they were already paid for. So they would be short shows, you would get paid well, and they would be a lot of fun because they weren't the normal wrestling fan. There were people who were there, kind of maybe just going to the fair, so they would see a couple matches and they would like, you know, really cheer for a body slam or something. So you would keep it a lot of, you know, simple fun, good guy, bad guy, simple stuff, good place to learn good place to figure out how to call it on the fly all that stuff and i always had a blast doing them and at the time this is how long ago it was i was in like a kind of 80s rocker-ish tag team this of course was not the 80s so it was ironic but not in these towns people really the people who lived in these towns their peak was also in the 80s so i think this gimmick related to them very well and we were like the big Baby faces come in and you're like, these people will see wrestling once this year. And they won't see any wrestling until we come back the next year. So you feel like a big shot. They're excited to see it. You're like, we'll keep it simple. This is easy. We know what we're doing. The other people know what they're doing. We're going to have fun. And this one show is a big fair. And we would be on the track of the demolition derby. (laughs) There would be a track of a demolition derby and there's like one big set of bleachers and they would put the ring in front of it and then they would have to tear it down and then the demolition would begin. So, you know, the caliber of entertainment is we're opening for cars smashing into each other. Okay, great, fine, whatever. They're a lot of fun. They're super easy. and You would get paid well and you would get paid so well and that... You know, the fans were also unfamiliar with how merch works. So at the end of the show, good guys win. Yay, we won the belt that we probably won every show we ever did. And then you get out and you just take pictures and sign stuff. You don't charge people. And, you know, it's like, come meet the wrestlers. It's like this fun little thing is whatever. So we have one year. I cannot remember what year it was. We have this match and it is delightful and we had a swell time yay we win the belt and everybody's happy and the kids are cheering and the parents are cheering and they're so excited that they forget that there's demolition derby coming up and we get out of the ring and these fans like come out and and swarm us you're like oh hey like taking you know touching the belt and like high-fiving and everybody wants to take pictures. So it kind of formed into this line where the kids would take pictures with us and, like, the kid would walk up and we'd be like, hey, what's going on? But, you know, put the belt over their shoulder. You turn around and the parent is there to take the picture. They take the picture. Nice to meet you. Great show. Blah, blah, blah. Then they leave. And then the next kid comes. And it's a lot of fun. You feel like a very good person for that one day in my life. For those 20 minutes, I feel like a good person. So we're doing this with a lot of kids and there's a lot So you almost it's it's like this, you know, factory assembly line where it's like kid, belt, picture, goodbye, kid, belt, picture, goodbye. And there's a lot, a lot of them. Okay, great. So we're just trying to get through as many as possible. We're getting paid well. We're trying to make a nice impression for these people. Just trying to do a good job. And then this one kid comes up to us and the only way I can describe him is... Thurman Merman-esque, the kid from Bad Santa, although I feel like I'm not doing him justice because I feel like this was first of all before Bad Santa, and also because he wasn't Thurman Merman in the commercial sense, he, he embodied it. This is the kid that the character was based on. Chubby beyond chubby and the most adorable, sweet, innocent, like naively chubby, he was just, he was adorable, And so sweet and so innocent. He's just this this little boy with these, you know, little shorts on, high socks. It's the summer. This is a nice he's, you know, his mind is blown, at least I would like to think so in my mind. And he comes up to us and he goes, Can I take a picture? And we're like, sure. So we both put the belts on his shoulders, we turn him around, and there's no one there. ...to take his picture. He... ...was alone. And I guess he didn't have people with him, he didn't have any... ...parent or guardian or friend there... ...to take his picture. He just assumed... ...that people were taking these pictures... ...and you would get them at some point, I guess. And he really wanted to take a picture with us. So he figured, I'll just get in the line and, you know, turn around. And someone will take my picture with these wrestlers. And, you know, we turned around with the big smile like, hey. And you're like, looking for the parent and the camera. And there isn't one. And me and my partner, this, this sadness starts to kind of creep over us. And, and it's also, you know, this panic. Because this kid obviously thought that someone would be taking his picture. So we're looking and we're looking and then at some point there's enough lull in the air that we just go, hey, okay, that's great. Here you go, good good stuff. And we acted like someone had taken the picture. Because we don't want to say, you know, you came here alone, what the, what the hell is wrong with you? You don't have, it. no one's taking your picture. You don't want to explain that to the child. You just want to say, hey, you just want to pass the responsibility basically back to him. Good luck finding the picture, because nobody seemed to have taken it. And then, you know, we quickly move on and go through the kids, more kids and and pictures and blah, blah, blah. And then on the way home, I remember it was just dark, and it's like those Ontario highways that are a little north, and there's not that much light out. It's very dark. It's a summer's night, and it's very hot. We're all sweating, me and my partner driving, and, and there's a lull, and I said, did you see that? One kid, and he's like, you know, the chubby kid, I was like, yeah, you know, the I don't think anybody, he's like, no, I don't think anybody was uh, there to uh, take his picture. And we both expressed a tremendous sadness. A sadness of which I'd never felt before. I Listen, I feel sad for myself all the time, and most of the time it's just something to do but to feel sadness for someone else a child a boy at the height of seemingly everyone else's happiness just broke our hearts and every time I would see my partner I would just bring it up to him <laughs> that poor kid who did what do you think happened to him what do you think he does where do you think he goes from here is this a turning point in his life have we ruined this child's life? I have absolutely no idea. And we talked about it. We brought it up sporadically for a whole year. And going to the show the next year, we were just, like, teasing each other, going, you know, maybe that kid's going to be there, he's going to say, you know, you guys said you were going to take a picture with me, and nothing, you guys lied to me. And now we we feel horrible. A year's worth of pent-up regret, and it's just... You know, it's just going to be a disaster. So then we do the show, pretty much basically the same show we did the year before, I'm sure. And the same thing happens. And we, you know, we're going through the kids and and the pictures and the belts and the kids and the pictures and the belts and whatever. And finally, we see him again. And he's a little older. He's a little bigger, but it's very much the same kid. It's only been a year. And we've now braced ourselves and we're like hey man now we're being super nice to him anticipating that there's gonna be no way to take his picture we're like let's make this kid's day regardless of the picture so we're like hey man what's going on he's like "Ba blah blah how you been and I put the belts on he's like hey can I take a picture with you like sure and we're just like oh no not again like what do I have to do this every year this is like my twilight zone curse and we turn him around And there was somebody there to take his picture. Who it was, I'm assuming it was a parent, unless it was somebody else who saw the scene the year before that and felt bad and decided to snap it. But we took a picture with that kid, and I never went back to that town again. This has been more content with RJ City.